Hello, I'm Karen Pascal. I'm the executive director of the Henry Nouwen Society. Welcome to a new episode of Henry Nouwen, Now and Then. Our goal at the Society is to extend the rich spiritual legacy of Henry Nouwen to audiences around the world. We invite you to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Because we're new to the world of podcasts, taking time to give us a review or a thumbs up will mean a great deal to us and will help us extend our reach to more people. My guest today is Carol Berry. Carol is an artist, art educator, and lecturer at Vermont Humanities Council. Carol is also the author of Vincent van Gogh, His Spiritual Vision in Life and Art. Today we're going to talk about another important book Carol has written called Learning from Henry Nouwen and Vincent van Gogh, A Portrait of the Compassionate Life. Carol has spent a lifetime studying the art of Vincent van Gogh and has retraced his steps through the towns and villages of the Netherlands, Belgium, and France. But her journey began when she audited a class taught by Henry Nouwen at Yale Divinity School in 1978. Let's begin there. Carol, your husband Steve was a student at YDS. You were a young family with a new baby. How did Henry Nouwen feature in your lives? Well, Henry was an important encounter for us at Yale, for sure, because we were, um, as, as you just said, arrived with a new baby out of uh, a time um, spent in rural Vermont for three years. And all of a sudden, we found ourselves immersed at Yale Divinity School. And there, um, the most important encounter for us, especially for my husband, Steve, who was a student there, uh, was Professor Henry Nouwen at the time. Um, Steve didn't um, find himself uh, very comfortable in the academic setting at first at Yale Divinity School because we had just spent three years immersed in a parish life. Steve was a student pastor then. So Yale and academics were difficult for him until he entered a class that was led by Henry Nouwen. And there he realized what Henry was talking about, which was the ministry, the real life, you know, where the rubber hits the road ministry. Uh, Steve already had done that and been there and it made sense what Henry was saying. And Henry made Steve realize he was not in the wrong place after all in the academic setting. But he was actually ahead of a lot of the theological students at the time. So Henry, at that time in our lives, was really um, the most important um, link to what then would happen in our future ministry. So, um, and he became a friend too, which was, you know, we're grateful for, so grateful because our lives intersected after we left Yale Divinity School um, on many occasions, often also just through letters and the manuscripts he would send us. You had a lovely history with Henry now, and that's clear. That's very clear. And it was out of that history that this book somehow came about. Maybe just tell me a little bit about how did this book come to be? Well, um, one of those important classes that Steve did take with Henry Nouwen was called Compassion, uh, a very unacademic title for, for a Yale Divinity School, but it was a class, and that was the one that was actually the first one Steve took um, that meant so much to him. And uh, a year later, Henry offered the same class again, but this time it was called The Compassion of Vincent van Gogh. And because Steve knew I liked art and uh, was hoping to do art and study art, um, he urged me to audit the class. And I did that. It was very meaningful. Uh, and I have to say, I liked Vincent, but 
he was not my favorite artist at the time, but uh, through Henry's class and his ability to look at the artist, not from an art historical perspective, but from a human perspective, Vincent became a whole different human being for us. And as students, we gleaned so much about uh, what it meant to be compassionate through a life of an artist. And Henry would say, no, there isn't much difference between a minister and an artist in this sense. He was ministering through his art and he was exemplifying in his life the stages of compassion. So that was it. I left that class very much enriched, but didn't think anything more about it for another 20 years. And uh, in the meantime, we had also become friends with Sue Masteller, who was uh, Henry Nouwen's uh, literary executrix. And one day, since she knew that I had taken that class years ago at Yale, a package arrived in the mail, and it was filled with Henry's notes from that class. And since Henry never had written a book about Vincent and compassion and that whole concept, uh, Sue just said to me, do something with these notes. And uh, of course she meant write a book, but it took another 20 years for that to happen. But I did immerse myself back into the lives of both these Dutchmen. Uh, Henry and Vincent just were intertwined and became a guide for me. And I did start to do lectures and workshops on compassion and art and Henry's words. And eventually this book emerged finally. So that's, that's how it happened. Thanks to Sue and thanks to Steve who made me audit the class. So, <laughs> you know, something I also want to say thanks to InterVarsity Press. It's a beautiful book. It's so attractive and it has loads of pictures in it. I was very impressed. I just, you know, it's always lovely to pick up a book that you kind of go, this is a treasure and is beautifully written, but also beautifully um, uh, wonderful choices have been made in it. And I found that so rich. Congratulations. I, I'm just delighted with that. It, it's really good. Now, you you put in a unique structure to the book. Can you explain the structure of the book? Why is it, 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 in a way, it's very much a Henry structure. There's three parts, but tell me why and what those parts are. Yes, because Henry did actually structure his class in the way I ended up structuring my book. And he had this wonderful quote, and I don't know if he would like me to read it, because this is basically the structure uh, of the class as well as my book. And it is three, it's three parts. Henry often did things in three parts. So this is the quote that underlies the book. It's by Henry. The compassionate manifest their human solidarity by crying out with those who suffer. They manifest their consolation by feeling deeply the wounds of life. And they offer comfort by pointing beyond the human pains to glimpses of strength and hope. And so what Henry did in his class, we focused on the first part of Vincent's life, which exemplified his idea of solidarity, the basic first component of compassion. And um, Vincent slides and words from his letters and Henry's interpretation and the way it worked on us, we really, got a glimpse what it meant to be in solidarity with human beings. And Henry said, without that solidarity, we wouldn't be able to have a, a ministry that really would have meaning. And then after um, we spent a lot of time in the Dutch uh, countryside with Vincent, where he was in solidarity, also in Belgium, we emerged um, 
to a place where Vincent exemplified consolation by living with a person, by sharing her burdens, by sharing his own pain with that person. And Henry just was able to, through the letters he chose us to read, really bring that so much into our attention, what it meant to be next to a person who suffered with our own pain. And then the third part of his quote, of Henry's quote, and into the south of France, where Vincent began to paint the images that we are familiar with. And using no longer words of um, uh, religious words, but using justice art as a language. And Henry um, just immersed us. It was a beautiful um, experience to see the slides on the wall and hear Henry uh, quoting letters from Vincent because we, we heard Vincent not only paint, but say, with my paintings, I want to comfort people. So that was the structure of Vincent's, um, the class that Henry taught about Vincent. And I used that same structure for my book. But each of the um, parts of my book are not only divided into three, each chapter, each quote part isn't divided into three because I'm using Henry's class experience, I'm using Vincent's biography, and I'm using some examples of my own life with my husband in the ministry to exemplify solidarity, consolation, and comfort. I thought it was a delightful structure. I really enjoyed it. And, and, and I appreciated the vulnerability of bringing yourself into it as well. It's one thing to be an art educator and to tell people about an artist or to educate them on how to be artists. You know, that would be maybe the first two parts of that, but to bring yourself into it and say, here's how this applied in our lives. Here's where we did it well. Here's where we we didn't do it as well as we would wish, but we hope we did it well. You know, that kind of thing. There's a great deal of honesty in it. I think I'm going to go back right to the beginning of Henry. Many of us know how much Henry really absorbed the art of, of Rembrandt. We have that famous, you know, the return of the prodigal son. But what I love about this was Vincent became really a teacher for Henry. He really studied deeply. He brought this out to you when he finally understood what it could be. And I don't think any of us were looking for com the compassionate life in Vincent van Gogh as, as a model. But Henry found there the raison d'etre, the, the heart of who Vincent was, and then found the way of saying, you guys want to be preachers. You guys want to go out and serve the world. Look, here's an example. Here's why and here's the how of it. I find that really very moving and inspiring. Um, I don't know what happened first. Henry's immersion into Vincent and his love for Rembrandt, but for, but for sure, uh, the paintings uh, and art of Vincent, which pulled Henry in so much, also taught Henry how to look at Rembrandt more, you know? So I think it, it was sort of a circular e evolution in a way where, where Henry's immersion into Vincent and Vincent's love for Rembrandt, you know, that was all part of it too. Um, Rembrandt had used a language for which there were no words, but only the image that uh, Vincent actually wrote in his letters. And that's what Henry uh, discovered too, that Rembrandt, as well as Vincent, spoke through art. And I think that's where Vincent was a teacher for, for um, Henry, because Vincent talks about in his letters of looking until you see. And Henry, you know, we know he was looking at Rembrandt until he saw, until he had his revelations. He was looking at Vincent. And 
Henry's way of looking then, as we were looking at the slides in his classroom, was making us get into those paintings too. We spent a long time looking at one slide, which normally you don't do when you're in a museum, <laughs> you pass by. But we had to immerse, we had to let the lines and the colors eventually sink into us and reverberate and uh, just, you know, make us feel what the artist had been trying to tell us. So Henry had understood how to look art, at art, thanks to also Vincent and Rembrandt's influence, for sure. I remember uh, Sister Sue Mosteller telling the story of going to a gallery with Henry, I think it was up in Ottawa. There was a, a painting there he very much wanted to see, and they came into the gallery and sat down, and and uh, and Henry was just absolutely absorbed by that painting. I believe it was one of Vincent's. But having said that, it was interesting because uh, Sue watched and sat beside him and did her very best to see what he was seeing. And you know, fifteen minutes passed, twenty minutes passed, and she was like, "Okay." what are we doing here? You know, uh, and, and, you know, it was like, Henry, what are, why are you so focused? And Henry's response was, aren't you in the picture? Aren't you there? Aren't you, in, you know, and, and really that sense in which Henry had learned how to enter in and, and, and receive from the painting and, and be a part of it. I think that's a, that's an amazing gift to all of us because out of that comes something of, of how imagery can speak to us as well as words. And I think that's very important. If there's a line within your book, which is stuck out to me, and that was that both Henry and Vincent were wounded healers. Maybe you might just open that up for us. Yes, um, that was a theme. And that has been a theme with Henry for a long time. And I think that is partly why he was drawn to Vincent. Um, Henry certainly dealt with his own wounds and his own struggles and his own doubts. And uh, what he found in Vincent, it's such a multi-layered relationship really, was also a man who struggled so much uh, with his wounds, his, his, his desire to, to be loved and to be loving and often not being able to reach. Uh, Henry often said it was like working his way through an iron wall to do what he could do or want to do. And that's what Vincent had written in one of his letters. Um, both of them struggled, I think. Uh, and Henry recognized that in Vincent, but then he also said to, to us students, we are all wounded on a certain level. We all have our struggles, but don't let those struggles keep us from ministering, from sharing them, from, from reaching out. And um, so, what Henry said about Vincent um, was that despite Vincent's failures and his setbacks and his, you know, difficult nature and people, you know, being turned off by him and so on, despite all those setbacks, Vincent never gave up his desire to minister, to search for God, to connect with human beings, to love them, to share his last piece of bread with them. So what Henry said, he was a wounded man, but it never stopped him from become, realizing that in his woundedness, he could maybe minister more deeply because he could understand the condition of most of us. So both were wounded healers, but we also were made to understand that we too could be wounded healers. I love the journey that you take us on uh, in that uh, I learned a lot about Vincent's life. It's, it, it tells me that 
it gives me that arc of his life, which is very meaningful. And you realize at the beginning, he didn't set out to be an artist. He set out to be a minister. And then he goes downward, that downward mobility that became a signature of Henry later in his life. But that downward mobility to be with the poorest of the poor. And and then it was in a sense that it was at that point that his gift of, of drawing and eventually painting comes alive in that setting, which is, is quite fascinating. I, I found that very hopeful because all of us have journeys that we go on and we kind of look at the various points at which, in a sense, there's been a cross in the road and we've gone one way or another. And, and that choice is always so very important in our lives. But I, I found that your book helps me with that overall journey of Vincent. Now, clearly you must have read some of, if not all the 900 letters that Vincent wrote. Tell us a little bit about his letters and about his writing and what you found there, uh, what came alive to you. Well, yes, um, Vincent's letters were part of our uh, curriculum with Henry and he did pick out some very, very moving uh, letters that exemplified what Vincent was, uh, was, was teaching us and what Henry wanted us to get. But yes, afterwards, um, after the course, and that was 20 years later when I received that package, I did read the 900 letters. And I was even more pulled in to the life of Vincent to realize, you know, that in these, personal letters to his brother Theo especially, he bared his soul. He did not keep anything away from Theo. Most of us don't have such relationships, you know, where we really are not afraid uh, to just show what, what we're going through. And um, so those letters deepened my sense of uh, Vincent's unique desire to, to comfort, to paint uh, what he learned, uh, creation was telling him. It also deepened my um, understanding that Henry had discovered a, a, a human being who was really worth knowing as a human being, not just as an artist. Uh, his letters are sometimes, Vincent's letters are sometimes a bit tedious. Um, you have to work through some of those mundane things where he asks for more money from Theo and you know, <laughs> sometimes you'll say, okay, Vincent, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> he has these gems of his insight and his enthusiasm and his, uh, you know, uh, awe for nature. And I have to say, um, the first letters until he really uh, discovers his uh, desire to become an artist are filled with religious uh, scriptures and hymns. And he would write down the whole sermon that he would hear and send everything to Theo. But once he realized... Um, and was actually rejected by the, the institution, the, the missionary society. He said, he, I don't need that language anymore. My language is going to be art. And he, he drops all religious language, but his letters become much more spiritual and much more universal and deep. So for the first part of the letters, he he rests on the biblical stories, the, the beautiful you know, books that he read but they were not his words. After he dropped religious language, the letters became just him and his words with quotes from other artists, for example, but they were Vincent's journey. So I really gleaned a lot and I, I really am grateful that Vincent <laughs> wrote and I'm grateful to the wife of Theo who then translated all those letters and made them available to us. It's a gem, it's a gem. I understand that in his lifetime, 
Vincent didn't end up selling one painting. Is that true? And that those paintings, I mean, got collected by Theo. I mean, what a brother he was to him. What an amazing brother. Yes. Well, as I always say, when I do talk about Vincent, there would not have been Vincent without Theo and also without Theo's wife. And Vincent did realize that. He was demanding. He needed the money to be, to be able to paint. But he also said in a beautiful quote, which I can't say right, you know, don't completely remember it. But he said, once I have a claim, once my paintings do reach the outer world and, and, and become well known, it is not just I who have painted it, it is you and I, he writes to Theo. So I find that beautiful, he did realize, and Theo was the recipient of every single painting uh, Vincent sent. Vincent hoped Theo would sell them because Theo was in the art business, in the art dealer business in Paris, perfect place to be selling. But the world wasn't ready yet for Vincent's work. It was just on the cusp. So he did sell one painting in his lifetime and that painting was sold to, to somebody who knew Vincent and Theo. But it didn't take long after uh, Vincent died and Theo died and uh, Theo's wife started to make the paintings available that all of a sudden the world was ready. And the paintings then uh, you know, came to the world like you know, flashes of passion and color. <laughs> I, I always find it fascinating when they say, what's the latest, highest price for a painting? And it's usually a Van Gogh. <laughs> it's really something, isn't it? It's amazing. Um, back to your book. The first chapter is on solidarity. Yeah. How is that an element toward compassion? Well, as, as Henry said, and as Vincent exemplified um, in many of his writings and his sketches, is that unless you you are <laughs> with other people um, where they live, where, where they um, work, where they eat, where they, where they transact their lives, you don't understand them. And there's that saying, you, you don't know another person unless you walk in their moccasins. This is basically what solidarity is. You walk in the moccasins, you walk in those wooden shoes of the miners, you know, you walk next to the farmers. He could not have painted potato eaters had he not spend time with them in their hovel, in their hut and talking with them or drawing them. The act of drawing those portraits was such an intimate um, encounter. He had to look at their faces. He had to see their expressions. He had to hear them talk. He had to taste the potatoes. He had to live amongst the miners, breathe in the coal dust, you know, live in their home, go to their homes, because how could he preach to them? How could he be a pastor to them if he didn't know what their struggles were? So solidarity was, as Henry said, the foundation of leading a compassionate life. I, I love the fact that he didn't look down. He looked across. He became one of them. You really sense he loves the people. There is this love that comes across as, as you've written about it, that was in him for what he was seeing. And he was, he was telling that story with such respect, with such a sense of embrace and wanting the world to embrace them, wanting the world to see their value. And it, it adds to our seeing Vincent's paintings from that period, very much so. What does it mean to console? Well, it's a very similar place. You have to be with that person. Um, and you, you again, as, as Vincent exemplified, you have to be with a person um, and understand them in order to share their struggles. So consoling is when you sit next to a person, you are there with them, 
um, you maybe understand their life surrounding, but you are there where they hurt. As Henry said, we often come to people with a solution mentality. And I know I have done that. I come to a person who is very sad, struggling, crying, and I will tell them, oh, it'll be all right. You know, you will be, it, it, it will go by. You will, you will find your way through this. Henry said, that's not what consolation is. And Vincent uh, exemplified that. He, um, when he lived with the, the prostitute called Sin, he was there where it hurt. He shared the time with her. He did not say it will get better, but hoping through his presence, he would give a little bit of strength and encouragement to the person. So that's what Henry's trying to say. It wasn't always easy, you know, to understand. And when you're in the real life setting, consolation isn't always easy to do, but it is the, it is the place where you hold the other person's hand and you both struggle and suffer together. With you with your pain, they with their pain, and the person in pain recognizes you understand pain because you are sharing your pain, your own pain with them. You wrote uh, from, from Vincent's letters. He writes, I want to create drawings that will touch some people, whether it is in figures or in landscapes. I don't want to express some sentimental melancholy, but serious sorrow. In short, I want to progress so far in my work that people will say that man feels deeply and that man feels tenderly. And later it says, this is my ambition, which is based less on resentment than love in spite of everything, based more on the feeling of serenity than on passion. So love at, at the core of who Vincent was, was, was clearly there and led in that direction, didn't it? It did. Yeah, yeah. And I think with, with Vincent, because he had felt comforted and consoled by other people's art, like a Rembrandt and others, he knew that art could do that for other people. He knew that he could use that language to express his love and his um, compassion. Here's another quote from your book that I liked very much. Henry also spoke about Vincent as being a seer one who saw and wanted us to see with him. As he progressed in his life and art, his sun-covered landscapes and glowing wheat fields, olive orchards, cypresses, radiant people, sowers and reapers, all spoke their own wordless language in the images he created. In the midst of darkness, he saw light. In the midst of ugliness, he saw beauty. In the midst of pain and suffering, he saw the nobility of the human heart. I think, I think that is a, a, a challenge that Henry wanted to give all of you who are about to go out to be ministers. How has that challenge impacted your work? One of the things that was important is that Steve and I both had experienced ministry. We were in a rural setting. We, we could identify with Vincent's place of loneliness and darkness in the Borinage in the Belgian mine, mining district. So when Vin Vincent's life was unfolded, um, I was able to identify with those moments where um, Vincent struggled and tried to, you know, reach people. So the, the whole class that Henry taught on compassion um, made us, as we left Yale and have, you know, been in the ministry now for 40 years, um, made us realize more those moments of um, Grace, I guess you could say, where the compassion of other human beings 
mingled with our desire to be compassionate, uh, we just were more aware of um, the fact that we needed to be in solidarity. We needed to be uh, consoling and comforting. In the early days, we did it out of however we could manage. But with Henry's and Vincent's wisdom, I think we could deepen those times more, you know, of, of solidarity, consolation, and comfort. Those elements have always now been a part of our thinking, you know, and it definitely has influenced us. Well, I, in my knowing of you, I would say yes to that too. I do know you to be rich with those ingredients that you bring into relationships. And uh, I'm very grateful for your friendship and and Steve's and and certainly we at the Henry Nowen Society are very grateful for what you created with this wonderful book. It it took a while for it to be come from being a pile of papers to a very wonderful book. I really want to encourage our listeners to get the book. It's once again, I'll just give you the title because it's so lovely. Learning from Henry Nowen and Vincent Van Gogh, a portrait of the compassionate life by Carol A. Berry. And again, I would say I'm, my compliments to InterVarsity, they have created a very beautiful book. It's it's definitely worth, uh, worth having. There's a couple little quotes in here that I thought before we part, I'd love to run by you. The first one comes here and it, it, it struck me. Many of us know the beautiful pictures of the irises that, that Vincent painted. And it says here, he celebrated their distinct beauty not by rendering them in a realistic manner, but by expressing their essence, their irisness. I love that. And I think that comes from an artist like yourself. You know, what is the difference between rendering something in its exactness and rendering it in its essence? Tell us about that. That is about, and I think Henry, uh, you know, opened our eyes to look at Vincent's art, that it was the, the essence that we should be feeling and seeing in, in the work. And then uh, again, Vincent and Henry made us look enough so that going outside, you end up looking more and deeper. And I've often um, heard it from people who saw slides from uh, Vincent's art that after the lecture, they would go outside and everything just sparkled a little bit more or spoke a little bit more to them. So that's what art can do. <laughs> Funny Paul Tillich, you quoted him in your book and I love his quote about the arts. All arts create symbols for a level of reality which cannot be reached in any other way. A picture and a poem reveal elements of reality which cannot be approached scientifically. In the creative work of art, we encounter reality in a dimension which is closed to us without such works. What a good argument for the arts. <laughs> it is, it is, yes. Well, I have loved this chat. I'm, I'm curious, are you yourself also an artist? Well, I, I used to uh, paint and I still hope to, um, but I have been writing more and lecturing and learning. And so in one way I should say, yes, I'm an artist, but <laughs> not producing much at the moment. Oh, that's, that's fair. I would say the same of myself. Once an artist, always an artist. And that was where my roots came from. I came out of the arts. And, and I think that's why the book felt so alive to me and so delicious, really. I'm so grateful you wrote it. I'm grateful that Sue, Sue Mosteller said, you're the one. I know from experience, so many have said, I wish I could have been in those courses. I wish I could have sat and heard Henry teach on this. And what you've done is you've given us a gift. 
you take us into that classroom and you give us the essence, the essence of the irises. You give us the essence of compassion, uh, the way Henry wanted to communicate it and the way he wanted us as followers of Christ to understand how we can be this resource to the world around us. Thank you so much, Carol. This was just a treat to talk with you today. And I do love your book and I do encourage all of our listeners to take a look, go to our website and uh, check it out. And uh, I know you'll, you'll be well rewarded if you get the book. Thanks so much, Carol. Thank you, Karen. It was a pleasure. I hope you come away from this interview with Carol Berry, eager to understand the compassionate life that both Vincent van Gogh and Henry Nouwen felt was central to their life of faith. If you'd like to know more about Carol Berry and the books we discussed today, please go to our website where you'll find links to any content, resources, or things discussed in this episode. Check out the link, Books to Get You Started, in case you're new to the writings of Henry Nouwen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we'd be so grateful if you take time to give it a stellar review or a thumbs up. Please share it with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. Until next time.